0: I want to share a, a message with you guys this morning. That's not me talking, but it's—it's it's actually uh, I went away on a, to a pastor's convention, Pastor Tom and I, um, about a month ago. And we go to these conventions just to kind of stay plugged into our denomination, network with people, but also to hear some refreshing words from the Lord. And God really spoke to us. And um, I always think it's proper and it's fitting for when pastors get blessed by something, and everybody goes, "Well, well, what happened? God spoke to you? You heard some good words? Yes." But people are like, well, what? Like, explain to us. And I always am kind of under the idea that if I get blessed with something that I feel like speaks to me and speaks to our church and it's at the right season, I want to try my best to let you guys hear that actual exact word. Something that blessed me so much, I want you guys to know. And so I always try to bring back stuff and whenever I hear something good or I'm at a conference, I always try to share it. And so today, there's a message that we heard at convention that you guys are going to see today, the video, and it's by Francis Chan. He was a... He was a pastor for years in Simi Valley, a growing church. And then he stepped out of that to do something different, kind of like Brad, actually. It's kind of neat. He was this pastor that had this fame and did all this good stuff. And God was just leading him in a new new direction. So he went out. He took his family around to a bunch of different countries in the world, third world nations, to kind of just expose them to this is what the rest of the world looks like. This is what the rest of the world looks like who needs God. Now he started something in the inner cities and um, it's a new ministry, and it's more heavy on discipleship, which to me, I think we need it all. We need big church. We need disciple makers. We need missions. We need all of that. And um, Francis Chan spoke this word to us at convention, and it really just got a hold of my heart. And it's, it's the need for us to come back into that personal relationship with God, and that you can do all the ministry stuff, and you can do all the busyness in life. And we get so busy, but we forget the most important thing is just us spending time with God in his presence, knowing him, not knowing about him. Too many times we're gonna study all about him, but we just need to know him personally, and that changes everything. So this is a message that spoke to me so hard, and it was so good, and I hope that you guys are refreshed by it. We're gonna, we're gonna lead into the message with um, just a worship song, just to get our hearts and our minds in the right place as we as we go into this message. And then at the end of this message, if you do me a favor, he says a prayer at the end of his message, leading all of the people in Dallas where I was in that congregation, what you're going to see on the screens, 3,000 plus pastors and leaders. But really he's speaking to all of us here today and he's going to lead us kind of into just seeking God. So it's a prayer. I don't want you to tune out just thinking this is a video and he preached and now I'm just going to tune out. But I realize that the same God that's there is here and he's speaking to us and just enter into that prayer time. It's a personal time. And then the worship team
1: will come up at the end. Father, we come before you right now. God, we picture you and all of your majesty in heaven. Oh God, we need you, Father. God, we've been to so many services and conferences and we've sung so many songs, God, heard so many messages, Lord. Lord. God we want something deeper something so real tonight God help me even now as I talk to you not to be distracted by people but to think about you in heaven and really believe that you hear me right now because of the blood of Jesus that almighty God the controller of everything Father you know every lie in this room the people that are faking it the people that have hidden things You you know the people that are outwardly expressing to you and yet inwardly, Lord, they're falling apart. God, you see all that. You see people in the room that are just ready to give up because they're just tired and they're just hanging on. God, I can't see that. I don't know who's real, who's in love with you, who's just trying to get by, who's trying to survive, who's trying to hide things. And who just passionately loves you and wants more of your spirit in their lives? God, we need you. God, only your word can open our eyes. Only your spirit can produce fruit that lasts. It's a spirit who gives life. The flesh is of no help at all. So God, right now, we just bow before you. We think of your son, your sacrifice. I don't want to casually just thank you for Jesus, God. You watched him suffer so much for us, God. We just worship you right now for that. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Father, may it truly be you tonight. Truly help us surrender. I pray we leave here loving you more, knowing you more deeply, trusting you more, and longing for your return more than ever. Please, Father, please clear my mind of any ungodly thoughts, any words that may come out in the flesh. Father, help me by the power of your spirit not to say anything that wouldn't please you or bring glory to you. God, you are so good. Thank you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a seat. Lately, I've had a... A lot of different people tell me things like, hey Francis, I follow you on Twitter, and it's it's really it's really helped my walk with the Lord, or I follow you on Instagram, or I help you, and you know, I follow you on Facebook, and and that's very flattering. <laughs> but there's one problem. I'm not on Twitter, I'm not on Instagram, I don't Facebook. Um there's people who pretend they're me and they put pictures of my wife up online and say oh I love her and and they'll just create this own life and then they'll quote me and, uh, you know, but I, I don't do any of that because cause in my mind, you know, I got to a point where I was communicating so much to masses of people and it was taking me away from discipleship and truly making disciples and getting deep with some individuals. And I, I was just always in the public eye and I wanted to get away from that and just get with individuals. And, 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 but we had a meeting with some of my staff. They're going, well, what do you do, Francis? Because these guys are quoting you and they're not saying anything bad, and it actually is helping a lot of people. <laughs> and it, I mean, that's a tough discussion to have. And they're going, well, you know, it's harmless. They're quoting you, they're pretending you. But to me, I go, that's so weird, though. Like, because they're going, do we shut them down? You know, do we try to shut them down? Or do you just let them keep going because they're go- doing good things? And I go, there's just a weirdness of the fact that I'm not really behind it. And we're letting this thing go. And, uh, but it made me think, you know, I think a lot of times we'll put on events. We'll do church services where we quote him and... We'll we'll, we'll give him praise But I just go Gosh is he really behind it Okay I mean it's okay You know but but I I was just praying for tonight I go God I don't want to do this I don't want to create a fake Facebook page Right here I don't want to put a fake You know Twitter handle here I, I, I want it really to be you And not just us getting in a room And talking about him I go God I want you to be the source Of this I want you to be behind it. God, I want this to be the real thing. I I thought about Moses. I I love that passage, don't you? In in, in Exodus 33, when when God says, look, I'll give you the promised land. Go, here's everything you ever wanted, right? He, He says in Exodus 33, He says, in in fact, verse 2, he says, I'll send an angel before you, and I'll drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites. Go, go up to a land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go up among you, lest I consume you on the way, because you're a stiff-necked people. He says, man, here's everything you ever wanted. Here's the promised land, go. I'm even going to send an angel. He'll prepare the way you can have it. And you know Moses' response was, no, no way. It's not good enough. I don't want that. I don't want that unless you go with us. I don't want to go. I'm not going unless you go, God. I don't want to be, I don't care. And then I thought about how, you know, God was offering them the promised land. And Moses says, I don't want it, but I wonder how many of the people would have taken that deal. You know? And I guess I want to start off asking you, what what is your promised land? Because I would hate it if God just said... You want a big church? Here, here, take, here, here's a big church. You want a big church? Is that what you always wanted? To have a big church? Did you want to grow? Here, here, have a big congregation. Are you happy now? You want to write a big book? You want a, you want a best-selling book? Here, 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 let me give you the thoughts. And you just pen it out. Okay, you're going to, you're going to write a great book. Go on, do that. And, then, and in your mind, is that what you want? I mean, you know, where's the void of God? Or do you want him with you? I mean, I had to be back there just repenting again and coming before God and going, God, I don't want to just get up there and preach a sermon where everyone says, oh, that was good. That was a great sermon. Man, that was the best one of the whole conference. Man, way to go. I go, no, God, I, I don't want that. I just want to know you're here with me. I want to know that when I'm on that stage, you're right here. Man, because we can lose touch with this. And we pursue these things and these things that we want that are good things. But at the end of the day, it doesn't drive you crazy unless you know God is with you. And you know, okay, God, you're watching me from heaven. It's really your spirit flowing through me right now. These are your words. Don't just give me what I want in the flesh, God. I, I have to have you. How badly do you want Jesus? How badly do you want to know that even as you're sitting there right now listening, it means the world to you, everything to you, that Jesus is right there with you, his presence is with you, his spirit dwells in you, and you go, that's all I want, that's all I want. I I just have to have you with me because we start praying for all these other things. We get stressed out trying to compete with other people. We see what other people are doing we want to match up to them somehow. And somehow we lose sight. And unlike Moses, we're we're happy and we're pursuing this promised land and forgetting all about this relationship with him. But I love Moses' words where he said, if your presence will not go with me, Don't bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us so that we are distinct, I and your people, from every other people on the face of the earth? And it was just my time with the Lord, back there in the room, going, God, I don't want to go up there. I don't want to go up there unless you're behind this. I don't want to just quote you and make up a little Facebook page for you when you're not really doing it. You're not really saying it through me. I want you with me, Father, because otherwise, I mean, why in the world do people even listen to me? He said, God, it's only because you've been with me these years. And they see it. They, they look at this human being and go, man, he couldn't have done that. That wasn't his power. He couldn't have done that. And there's just something about you being upon him. It's that blessing, that anointing that we all want. And is that still the desire of your life where you go, God, I don't care if I'm talking to three people on Sunday. If I know you're with me as I make those disciples, those could be the ones. Man, I had such a great time back there too, uh, getting to spend some time with Jack Hayford, whom I just adore. Um, I love him. And just to have that conversation, but I was thinking about after he left, I go, wow, that might be the oldest man I've ever had a logical conversation with. Uh, I mean, I, that's not a bad, and I'm sure there's some of you older in here, I just don't talk to people that, that but, uh, it was just, it was powerful, but, it, you know, I just, I, I, I was able to sit him down and go, just to ask him, I go, hey, Jack, what what do you have to say to me? You know, I'm 46, what do you, what do you have to say? Because I, I, I see the world changing so much, and I see, you know, all the social media and everything, just, just it's just, everything's pulling at me. It doesn't feel like it did 20 years ago. It seems so much easier then, and this and that, and he's, and, and, he just, in, in a moment of clarity, just goes, you know, we worship a God who's not bound by time, and there are truths here that are timeless. And don't feel like you got to keep up with all the trends of the time, because you worship a God that's beyond all of that. And stay close to Him. Focus on those things that are true. Man, it's so good, and it's so good just to hear from someone who's been walking with the Lord for that long. Praise God for that. I, I had a phone call um, uh, maybe a month ago from uh, one of my heroes. He's he's from India uh, and he leads about three million people, so larger than most of our churches. Um, <laughs> but I don't know if I admire anyone more on the earth because of his walk with the Lord. He plants about 17 churches a day, on average. Just amazing the things this this guy has done. But he called me about a month ago, and he was crying. Never cried before me before. Just crying because he had heard of another moral failure here in America another pastor of a large church and just started crying just, he just was crying for the country crying for the pastors that he's met here in the, not in any judgmental way, he was just sad and he goes, he goes, Francis, it feels like the people here in America, even the pastors I, and when I'm done talking to them, I pray for them I go, God, I wish that man knew you I wish he knew Jesus, like really knew him, really loved Jesus. I I, I wish, and again, he's just weeping. He just, and he made a statement, man, that's been sticking with me for this last month. I keep thinking about it. He just said it in passing, but he goes, it feels like the people in this country are fine. They're content. They're happy to just meet with Moses rather than going up the mountain themselves. I kept thinking about that, I go, that's so good, that's so true. It's like we we, we talk about people so much, we lift this guy up, that girl up, this band up, that speaker, oh if I could meet him, oh if I could meet him, and it was such a clear revelation of man, do you understand, you can actually go up the mountain? Man, that's crazy. But most of us are dying to take a picture with Moses, dying to go, man, Moses, wait, you talked to God, you met with him, what was that like? And our churches are filled with people coming to hear from Moses. Hey Moses, were you with God this week? Did you tell me about it, tell me about it. And our job is to go up that mountain ourselves, but then to direct our people and go, no, you can actually walk up there. I'm telling you, you've gotta get to him. You've gotta come into your presence. I mean, you can stand before that burning bush. You can stand before the God who dwells in unapproachable light, like just you and him. Man, as he was weeping for the state of the church in America, and just going, man, when's the last time you just walked up the mountain by yourself? Going, man, there's so much going on, but, and I don't want to talk to anyone. I mean, why do I want to talk to people? Why am I so excited about this guy's opinion or that guy's opinion? Why am I following this guy's little tweet or that guy's, you, you, know, you know, his blog or this? Oh, I just want to see the next entry. I just want to see that. And it's like, do you get it? Do you get it? Like you can approach him. Like you can literally enter into his presence, walk up that mountain, and have this divine encounter with him. Man, don't settle for something less than that. Don't settle for just reading someone's book or listening to someone's message. Like, Get on that mountain. Because this is our problem. Our problem is not that our churches aren't cool enough or keeping up with the times. Our problem is we as leaders are getting distracted by so many things that we're no longer walking up that mountain and coming down with this glow that people can't understand. I mean, if you're an unbeliever, think about this. If you're an unbeliever walking into a gathering of Christians, what would you want to see? What would persuade you? Would it be a, a tight band, a gifted communicator? I mean, wouldn't you want to walk in and go, wow, that, that, that person up there had a connection with God I've never seen. It's like he was just with him. It was like that gal, she knew God. He answered her prayers. I've never met anyone like that. I mean, isn't that what you would want to see as you walked in? And yet we spend all our time creating these other things that are a substitute. How close are you to Jesus right now? How much time do you spend on the mountain? If I were to ask God, if I were to come into his presence and ask about you and say, how's her fellowship with you? How's his time with you? What would God say about that? I I know tonight I, I was supposed to talk about making disciples but I think our problem is maybe some of ours are making disciples and we're duplicating ourselves but we ourselves are not close to Jesus and so why do we even want two of you (laughs) you know what I mean (laughs) serious I mean think about that If we're stressed out running from this place to that place and doing all this stuff trying to keep up, why do we want to multiply that? But if you, I mean, I think about it, man, what if this was an army of people? I mean, literally, this is all we need. All we need is for all of you to go up that mountain on your own. Like, if you were just literally one of those people that just spent hours in the presence of God every week, where you and him, and you're so tight with him, and then we come into a crowd or a gathering like this, can you imagine But so often we're looking for things like this to kind of charge us up, you know? Rather than, no, I've been there. I've been there with him. And I just want to gather with other believers who've been there with him. And what if your congregation was filled with people who literally, think about this, imagine every person in your church having walked up that mountain by themselves during the week and had this encounter with God where they suddenly who cares about Moses, who cares about Joshua, who cares about anyone else, I just encountered the living God. Imagine if everyone in your congregation did that. What kind of congregation would that be? I mean, what else matters? You guys, this isn't rocket science. I mean, you look in scriptures, it's always been about those who knew Jesus, who really knew him and what he did through those people. It's everything. See in this room, there's, there's some brilliant people in this room. Some of you guys are brilliant leaders, brilliant thinkers, some of you are scholars. Your minds are just way beyond where mine would go. And you can come up with great books, you can come up with great teachings, you can come up with great strategies for church growth. But at the end of the day, is God Almighty behind it? Is He the one that's causing and creating that? I was reading Isaiah 30 the other day Isaiah 30 verse 1 says ah stubborn children declares the Lord who carry out a plan but not mine and who make an alliance but not of my spirit that they may add to sin who set out to go down to Egypt without asking for my direction to take refuge in the protection of Pharaoh, and to seek shelter in the shadow of Egypt. Therefore shall the protection of Pharaoh turn to your shame, and the shelter in the shadow of Egypt to your humiliation." God says to these people, man, you came up with a brilliant plan. You thought through, okay, where's the most powerful leaders? Where's the greatest army? Let me go to them. Let me recruit. Let me get them on my side. And he goes, man, that's a great plan. Problem is, it's not mine. You didn't even ask me about that. That wasn't the plan I had. And then later on, I love what he says in verse 15. For thus said the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and in trust shall be your strength. But you were unwilling, and you said, no, we'll flee upon horses. Therefore, you shall flee away. Oh, ride upon swift steeds. Therefore, your pursuer shall be swift. And verse 18 says, therefore, the Lord waits to be gracious to you. And therefore he exalts himself to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. He goes, you just went off into your brilliant plans. You used that one-tenth of a brain that we all use. And you came up with this brilliant plan, didn't you? And so guess what's going to happen? He goes, you, you just didn't even get it. It was in quietness. If you had just rested in me, it would have been all different. But I'm gonna make sure you fail because you didn't rest in me. And I I wanna be gracious to you because that's who I am, but I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait to be gracious to you. I'm gonna wait till you give up on all your plans and you see that this apparent fruit isn't fruit that really lasts because you didn't really abide in me. I'm going to wait till you see. And you go back to your roots. Remember when you were young? Remember before you knew what you were doing? And how you just depended on me and things would happen? And you couldn't even explain it in that awe? I'm going to wait till you get back to that. But right now, go ahead. Trust in your chariots. You got a good church growth book? Go, Go trust in that. Bring in some consultants. Come on, trust in these things. They'll help you get everything fixed. Go ahead, try it. See what happens. Meanwhile, God Almighty saying, I'm going to wait. But my eyes are going to roam to and fro the earth. I'm going to see, man, whose heart's really committed to mine? Whose, whose heart is really blameless? I love that verse, right? You remember the context of it? King Asa, in the 36th year, he started to trust the king of Syria. And he goes, well, let's make an alliance. Let's make an alliance. And then, and then we'll, we'll go against Israel together. And God's saying... What are you doing? 35 years you trusted me, and now you're going to make an alliance with some guy? You're going to trust in his chariots? He goes, because you relied on him, I'm going to make sure you fail. It's it's the same pattern all throughout the Scripture. Who really trusts in him? Who believes in him anymore? Who believes in this timeless truth that as long as I walk with him, as long as I abide in him, I'm going to bear a lot of fruit? It's not fruit that I can just tweet about and show a picture and Instagram. Look at all these No, is this fruit that's gonna last? Things will happen even after you die from your fruit. These things will just carry on. You'll see them in eternity. I think about Gideon, right? Isn't that a great story? I mean, sometimes we get on Gideon and it's like, man, you saw the fire, and then you had the fleece thing, and then you had another fleece thing. And what, but what was that all about? Gideon was just going, okay, God, I just need to know that you're with me. Okay, I, I don't need everyone else. I just need to know that you're with me. And once you're with me, once I know, here, just let me make sure again, I'm, I just got to know you're with, okay, he's with me. Okay, fine. Okay, dwindle down the army. I don't care. 30,000, 10,000, 5,000. I, I don't care. It doesn't matter anymore. I know God's with me. So 300, fine. Give me 300. I don't really care because God Almighty's right here with me. I saw the fleece. He's with me. So we'll take on any army. That's that's what Jonathan says. Remember Jonathan when he just has his armor bearer, you know, in 1 Samuel 14, he goes, you know what, it doesn't matter. Everyone's scared. Everyone's hiding in the caves. Come on, armor bearer, just you and me. If the Lord is with us, that's all we need, just the two of us. We can do this. That's the way David was. 1 Samuel 30, when, when, when the, the armies came you know, raided, Ziklag took all of their wives and kids, and, and, and everyone's gone, everyone's crying, and then his whole army, his own army wants to kill him. What does it say? It says, but David strengthened himself in the Lord. Wait a second, you just lost your family, you're weeping with all of your men, then suddenly all your men turn against you, and somehow, because you know the living God, because that's the one thing you seek, you're able to strengthen yourself in the Lord, and you go, okay, I got this, I got this. That's why Paul says, look, all the other stuff that I did, and I did more than all of you, I counted all rubbish. I just want to know Christ. Me, with Christ, knowing the power of his resurrection, I want to know everything about him. I want to feel his suffering. I want the fellowship. I want to be like, oh, just like you suffered, look, I'm suffering with you. I want everything. I just want that fellowship with Jesus so much. And I count that all that other stuff I've ever done, which is more than all of you. He goes, it's all garbage. It's all dung compared to knowing him, being found in him. That's all this is about. I really only had one goal this evening. As I prayed, I go, God, what what do I want out of this? God, if I could convince you to go up the mountain by yourself, you don't need me, you don't need anyone else. In fact, it's better without us. Just go up that mountain. That's all I that's all I hope for. As I pray for the four square denomination, my brothers and sisters. What do I pray for? I pray for you as a leaders. Oh God, may they know you deeply. May they not get distracted keeping up with the times. Most of us are old enough to remember the times when there weren't so many distractions and there was just more of a clear channel. and, And if we could get that back and be focused on that and teach the next generation just how to get up the mountain, that's it. And to show them through living life where when they're walking side by side with you, they're going, man, he's always leaving to be alone with him. She's always going early in the morning to get into his presence. That that's the disciple that we're making. That's a type of discipleship that's happening. Now we come down having met with God. I do so many of these conferences and these messages and sometimes I leave just going, gosh, was that in the flesh? Or did I really experience you and did they really experience you and is there fruit that lasts? And I prayed today that you'd have real encounters with God, that you'd give up on trying to build the perfect staff, that you empty yourself of, oh, if I had that guy on my staff, if I had that person in my congregation, and you just depended 100% on God. Here's what I'd like us to do. Um, I'm not gonna try to manipulate anything or come up with a sad story to make you cry or something. Um, I just wanna see the power of God move. And it's something internal that I can't explain. Man, I, I know there are times when the spirit moves and there's these external manifestations of the spirit and yet the, I, I believe that tonight what I believe God wants is this for it to be something inward that no one else can explain. Like, I can't explain what it's like when I'm just like, I feel like God and I are just one being and, and we're so connected and I just want to get away from the rest of the world and just be with him and I could just, even as much as I love my wife and kids and it's just like I, I, I can't even think about them right now because you and I and I'm with the God of the universe and you can't see that and I, I'm doing a poor job explaining it but I think you know there's like something that happens where no one else sees it it's just you and him and that's what I'm praying for and I know there Some of you, man, it's been weeks, months, maybe years Since you've had that And you justify going, but I'm doing good stuff I'm carrying out these plans that he didn't ask me to do But I'm running, I'm doing this And you just feel like it's good stuff But you know what I'm talking about And you're going, man, it hasn't been there You can pretend it's there You can fake it And no one's going to question you Because you're a leader And they're gonna assume you have this with the Lord, but it's not there. And I'm praying for that inward time with Jesus right now. So here's what I'm gonna do, I'm just gonna have the worship team, maybe just play softly in the background. And I just wanna invite you to the mountain, not that you need my invitation, Sometimes we just need some space where this isn't a time to talk to anyone else, okay, there's no counseling tonight, and yet tomorrow, whatever problems you have. I just want you to just picture yourself walking up the mountain Man, if it helps you to walk up and get on your knees just to, to drown out any noise or you know, just even to be a little separated from the people whatever you need I don't know what it takes for you but I'm just going to pray for you I'm going to pray that God would just uh, connect with you right now that he would pursue you where deep calls out to deep And somehow your spirit is becoming one with his right now. Just picture yourself, close your eyes if it helps. Just picture yourself leaving the city, the village and walking up to the mountain. Because you wanna be in his presence alone. The one who knows everything about you, everything. He knows how long it's been. Walk to him right now.
2: Darkness. A city shining without a veil. This hill becoming a mountain. A solid rock that when. love take all your name my hope fortress in a raging storm my heart is yours. yours Let your love take home. In a raging storm
0: else to take us there but just to know you personally God that part of that word was as Isaiah 30 verse 15 that says only in returning to me and resting in me will you be saved and quietness and confidence is your strength Lord I pray that we would come to you and make it a regular basis to come and to come as we really are the way that you see us the way that you know us Lord that there's nothing about our image or identity that's going to earn us a place with you Lord, we can take off the tough guy image or the the humorous person that we are, or the the money that we have, or the maybe the hurt, the isolation, Lord, all that stuff. Or we can put that on the wayside and just come to you as we we completely are, as you know us, Lord. That's how you want to know us. That we let go of all that busyness and relationships and jobs and school and all that stuff, Lord. What's most important in life is that we just come just as we were created, Lord, just just empty of all of that and just who you created us to be, your kids, your children. we love you. We don't have a whole lot to offer, but you, you, don't, you don't worry about that because it's what you do in us that's success in this world that's in your eyes, Father. So thank you for the time that we got to spend with you this morning. Just listening, just coming into your presence, letting go of all that other stuff. Help us to make it a regular pattern and habit in our lives that we would climb the mountain to be in your presence, to rest in you and to just sit and listen and let you speak to us and do something in us that we could never do on our own. And it may be that you're, you're someone in here today that you've never even taken the time to ever meet with God in that way. You've never really ever made a connection with him in a real way where he knows you and you begin to know him and You let him forgive you of just a life lived for yourself and your own purposes. And maybe you've picked up some baggage on the way and you've experienced some hurts and some shame and guilt and just bad habits that you're just tired of living out. And I want you to know that God's here this morning. He's always there. He's just waiting for the opportunity to move in your life. But it does take a step of surrender. It takes a, a step of us just saying, that we trust Him, that we trust His way is better than our ways. That first step of just saying, "God, I I want to follow You, and I choose to follow You, choose to be called a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ." A lot of us we've taken that first step, and we know how good life is. And as we we give up the control and we allow You to control it, but maybe you came here this morning and you're you're looking for something bigger and better, and you're tired of just living the image and managing the the lie and just on living life on your own strength. Well, I'd love to lead you in a prayer this morning that would change all that, that would allow you to meet and experience and and live out your life and your eternity with a God that created you, that loves you, that's got bigger plans and purposes for your life than what you can see and what you've been trying to do on your own. I'd love to lead you in a prayer right now that would allow you to say yes to God and and to really become a Christian, to see what it is to follow God, to, to take a chance on him, and his love, and his mercy, and his power for you in your life. And if that's what you'd like to do, I'd like to lead you in a prayer, and here's how it's going to work. I'm going to pray the words out loud with you and for you. I'm not going to ask you to pray them out loud in front of all these people, but you would pray the words I say out loud. You'd pray it in your heart to God. You'd mean it with everything you got. God hears that. He, he says he, in this word that he judges us off our heart. He knows what's going on in there. After service, you can go and tell people. You can say it out loud. Hey, Pray that prayer, I'm a Christian. And God would be so blessed and proud of you to, to be accountable and to just really speak for Him. But right now it's a matter of the heart. So I want to lead you in a prayer that would make things right between you and God, that would change your life from this moment forward, change your eternity. That's a prayer you'd like to pray. As I pray the words out loud, you pray them quietly in your heart of hearts. But I'd, I'd love for you to let me know that we're praying together. People have got their eyes closed and their heads bowed in this room, but I'm gonna ask one thing just gonna to count to three and I'm gonna ask that you would raise your hand if that's a decision that you'd like to make right now to pray that prayer to really know God and become a Christian. You just raise your hand and let me know that we're praying together and then we'll pray and we'll get on with the rest of our day here. But on the count of three, if you'd like to pray that, just lift your hand right now. One, two, three. Is there anybody in the room? Just hold them up until you see you. I see one, two, three, four. I'm looking around. Is there anybody else in the room? Easily saw four people and maybe there's someone over there, five in the back and if that's you praise God you're making the best decision you ever make and if if that's you then raise your hand go ahead and put it down right now just pray this with me if you would. God I'm here today and um, I understand I need you. I understand that you're you're a real God. You're a big God you created me. You created everything that I see in this world and God it's time that I allowed you to lead my life. I believe that you're bigger you're stronger. You're better you've got more wisdom. You know how for me to have the best life possible. So, Lord, from this moment on, I want to tell you that I trust you. I'm taking a step of faith here, God. I'm relinquishing control. I'm allowing you to begin to lead me in my life. Lord, I realize that in order to have that, it's a it's a sign of repentance, of turning away from the life I've been living, living for you. Lord, I believe that your son, Jesus, came to this planet to show me how to find you. Lord, as we read the scriptures, we see that he came down to teach us how to have a relationship with you, Father God, and the power of your Holy Spirit in our lives. So Lord, from this moment on, I'm letting you know, I believe that Jesus came. He died for my sin to pay the price for my walking away from you. Lord, all my life, I've been living my own life, my own walk, my own decisions. But Lord, Jesus died on that cross to pay the price so that I wouldn't have to die and have eternal separation from you. But Lord, he he rose again from the grave on the third day, as only God could do, proving he has power over death, over sin over separation from God, that he has the power to make us right with you, God, because of what Jesus did. So Lord, right now, this morning, I accept that payment that was paid. Lord, from this moment on, I choose to live for you and your purposes. Lord, I don't know what all it entails to be a Christian, but Lord, the first step is just saying yes to you. Lord, I'm gonna get a Bible and start reading it to learn more about you. I'm gonna stay plugged into church where there's other people that know you and that can tell me about you and help me out. Lord, as I learn to pray and talk to you, Lord, that you would speak to me in my mind, in my heart, you would lead me. Lord, that I'm willing to be water baptized or just to kind of symbolize physically what you're doing in me spiritually as I'm dying to my old self and I'm, I'm being born again, a new creation in you. And God, I'm asking for all the help that I can get and I believe that your Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God has power to do things in my life I could never do on my own. So God, I'm open to that. I want all of that. But everything that you have for me, my answer right here, right now, today, on this Sunday morning in Kaneohe, Hawaii, Lord, I am saying yes to your plans and purposes in my life. Thank you for loving me. I will follow you all of my days into eternity. In Jesus' name, the church said, amen. Can we praise God for those people that joined us this morning? Amen. Amen. Well, um, Was that a good word for you this morning? Was that good? Can you see why I was blessed by that? That was heavy, but it was good. It was right. Um, If you did raise your hand and you made that decision to follow Jesus, we're just going to ask you one real quick and easy thing. You don't even have to do it if you don't want to, but we would encourage you if you would, make your way out the side doors on your way out here today. There's a Connect Center that we have out there, and all that really is is a couple people. We want to give you a Bible. I want to give you some information about our church, answer any questions you might have, and send you on your way. Real, plain, and easy, simple. There's a um, new believers class you can sign up for. When the next baptism is. I think the next baptism is next month. We're at the beach again. Wasn't that cool? All of you guys that showed up for our last baptism, we baptized like over 40 people. Unreal good stuff. Um, if you came here and you got some needs heavy on your heart, we have a prayer team that would love to pray with you in the back right there. Um, Would you guys rise with me as we sing one last song to our God and just kind of thank Him for who He is this morning?